everybody. Welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I am Doug. Here's Bug and Tug, as promised. Everybody's back together. Happy New Year, folks. So, so how bad did Bug beat us in bowl season? Well, it's a good joke. We're gonna find out. <laughs> uh, you started off very hot, so we, I, I think, we legitimately talked about nine bowl games before our holiday break. And you yeah. were seven and two at that point. Yes. Uh, and then <laughs> things happened <laughs> since then. Uh, then which means it's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible that we are not qualified amongst ourselves to talk about bowl season as effectively as it deserves to be talked about. Um, is that foreshadowing? Probably. Yes. <laughs> But before we get into anything else, I think it is fair to dive into our records so far. Uh, nice. You know, we usually talk about the rules, but the rules were a regular season thing. It's bowl season. We talk about every single game at this point. So we have, what, like almost 40 games to review today. Uh, and we're going to be adding those to these overall records, which were every rivalry game in the season and all the extra games that we've talked about. Uh, I, if possible, would like to keep that 0.69. Yes. I, I doubt it. It's going to happen. Is that foreshadowing? Yes. So, <laughs> so a lot of foreshadowing in this episode. <laughs> Call it foreplay. That is one word for it. Yes, you are correct. Uh, but to help us talk about these bowl games, we are bringing on a very special guest. At Bowligami on X, uh, if you are not aware of what Scorigami is, I think it'd be best to have him explain himself. But he runs two different accounts on X that just demonstrate a love for college football. And it's very awesome to have somebody else to talk about bowl games with. So Bowligami, welcome to the show. Good, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great, Doug. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, man. Do you want to explain Scorigami a little bit? I mean, I know what it is. I'm sure a lot of people listening have heard of it at this point, but it's <clears throat> it's a it's an interesting concept. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of people are familiar with it, but for those that aren't, um, it was started um, back quite a few years ago now. Um, by a guy named John Boyce. I don't know if his S is silent in his name, but he realized that uh, football is just so unique in the way that it's scored, that it's not in ones and twos and threes, but sevens and sixes and threes and the occasional two and the occasional eight. And um, even in the NFL, there's, there's even a way that you can, you can get a one um, by um, returning a extra point or something for a touchdown or for a, for a conversion. Um, so we started looking into, um, you know, which scores had never happened before. And, you know, lots of the the regular ones, 21 to 14 and 35, 31, you know, all those have happened a lot, but there was a, a lot of weird ones out there and um, made a play on words with the word, the concept of origami of, you know, you got to fold this paper in this certain way to create this, paper crane or, or whatever it is you're trying to make and in the same way like 
you know, how, how, what are the different ways that you can get to 25 in a, in a football game? And it's, it's a certain set of events of missing an extra point and getting a field goal and then a safety. And then you're trying to play catch up. And then all of a sudden you, you find yourself at a weird score, like 25. Yeah. It's fascinating, but also probably really difficult to keep up with. So how were you able to keep track all these scores across you're doing bowl games and you're doing all Oklahoma football games. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I gotta, gotta give a shout out to my spreadsheets. Uh, I'm kind of a, a spreadsheet fiend. Uh, and, um, about the only good thing that <laughs> about the only good thing that the pandemic, uh, uh, did for, for me at least was, uh, give me time at home to just waste a lot of time that I normally didn't have, uh, when I should have been on, on zoom meetings and paying attention to, to people talking. Uh, I was entering data for going back to 1895 for OU games back in, in the summer of 2020. And I uh, finally get, got it finished uh, in November of that year for the last few games um, of OU season. And, you know, I was going along and, and got a few people to follow and some people that, that follow OU and, um, it ended up really blowing up with the 2021 Red River shootout when uh, Caleb Williams entered the game and just started doing Caleb Williams stuff for the whole world to right. see. Uh, and then, of course, with it being 54 to 48, um, there ended up being a, a scoregami that day. And um, and then it just it blew up, but, you know, because not so you Texas fans watching that game, but the whole country watches that one. And it, and it just took on a life of its own and ended up um, being more followers in that day than any other day um, for the rest of the time of it. But it's continued to grow since then. Um, and it's kind of, it's ended up being just a, just kind of a burner account and a way to express frustration or, you know, whatever, whatever I need to do and comment on things going on in Oklahoma, uh, not even having anything to do with football. And um, then I was just like, man, like what, what else could I, do like you know the nfl market's already locked down by the by the original scorigami um and there's you know enough ou games where it's it's pretty rare still um and i was like man like there's been like a ton of bowl games but like i bet i bet there's something there and just started entering in data and and got it ready uh shortly before last bowl season and it was going right along had about a hundred and 80 followers uh, at the start of this bowl season. And then uh, God bless the Duke's Mayo bowl. Um, Davis is on me at 30 to 10 and the sickos committee, my favorite Twitter account out there. Uh, they've been following me for a while and they quote tweeted it. And then I'm just sitting there at dinner with uh, a bunch of my cousins uh, over Christmas. And uh, it just, it just started blowing up and I just ended up having to turn notifications off my phone entirely. <laughs> That's yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. It's a bit, it's a bit difficult with uh, trying to trying to balance, um, you know, family and travel over the Christmas holidays. You know, for the most part, for the OU Scorigami, you know, it's one game a week, and I'm already sitting. I'm always going to be sitting down and watching that one, and and having my focus on it. So as the game's winding down, I'm getting on there and see I'm looking at my spreadsheet and seeing what our possibilities are and getting the tweet ready so I can fire it off as soon as the clock's hit zero. Uh, but it's a little bit more difficult with the, with the bowl games. You know, I get, a, I get 11 months a piece, but then 
it's it's a month of uh, turning on notifications on the ESPN app for every game and having the close game alerts on there. And um, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that usually drives in our family. So sometimes it's stopping at a gas station to tweet real quick and, and fill up and then getting back on the road and um, sometimes convincing my wife to drive. We got a whole bunch of games coming down the coming down the hash all at one time. Yeah, I I found it. I didn't find it by Sigos committee. I actually had a fraternity brother uh, tweet about a particular game. I don't want to give away anything, uh, any any bowl of gummies we had out of this <laughs> the second set of games that we're going to talk about today. Uh, but I had one of my fraternity brothers tweeted it, and it was actually the second bowl of gummy that he had been to this bowl season. And it sounds like this bowl season, from what we were talking about earlier, was was pretty busy for you on the bowl of gummy front as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk about some of the specifics on that as we as we start going here game by game. But um, there were a couple stretches there where I was just like, "Am I am, am I am I on the right page? Like, am I on the right spreadsheet? Like, I'm, you know, I, I do a, I do a control F to on the scores. Always have the the winner on the left and loser on the right, and so I can search. You know." 32, 27 or whatever it is and can do control F and as well as looking at the actual grid. And it was just one after the other. I'm like, I've got, I've got to be like, I did something wrong. Like there's no way we're getting this many in a short time, but it's just sometimes the Bologami gosh, just bless you like that. <laughs> well, speaking of blessings, we got two very early ones that we missed at the time. Because we were being dumb and not realizing the glories of Bologami uh, at the beginning of bowl season this year. So the Celebration Bowl and the L.A. Bowl kicked us off with the 700th and the 701st unique final score in FBS Bowl history. Insane that there have been that many unique final scores already. And we have like a lot more to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, like that many unique scores and we, we have 1,812 bowl games by my count. And, you know, the, that number may be disputed by some. I, there, was, there was a little bit of uh, subjectivity that had to go into it of, in some of the old days of what would be counted as a bowl or not. For the most part, I relied on the uh, NCAA record books to determine what was actually a bowl game because there were some there were some in some of the '60s and '70s that were uh, the NCAA uh, college division regional finals and things like the Pecan Bowl, Arkansas State in before they were a member of FBS, for example. Um, so I didn't include some of those since there was a, a very clearly defined like college division versus university division as a precursor to uh, Division One, Two, II, and Three. Um, but then there were some like the Bacardi Bowl that was played in Havana, Cuba back um, while the Rose Bowl was on hiatus between its first and second playings. And you had teams like Auburn going to play in that game uh, repeatedly. And so even though the, the NCAA like does not count that as a, as a qualified bowl, I was like, we're, we're counting that one. Like the, a, a bowl game in Cuba 
has to be counted if there's any teams you've ever heard of playing in them. I don't care if they were playing the Havana Athletic Club on the other side. <laughs> we got to count it. I really want a Bacardi Bowl T-shirt now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right after we find our big eight hats. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. We have a lot of games to review in classic BDT fashion. We're going to speed through a lot of these. but. Some fascinating shit along the way. So strap in. We got a lot of games to go through here. Starting with the roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. Very much love that insurance companies get bowl title sponsorships. It's my favorite part of bowl season. Love it so much. Uh, <laughs> the USF kicked ass <laughs> in this game. Uh, and Kyle McCord on the sideline. Very sad. Just Maybe it is just him. He didn't play, so... Oh, I know. I know, but maybe it's just his presence. Look, there there was a transfer that took place. Temple quarterback EJ Warner going to Rice. It is no longer going to be Temple and USF that are going to be, you know, teams to watch out for in the American. It's going to be USF Rice. Yeah. Uh, This is... And Byron Brown's a big reason for it. Six and six. If you'd have told me this team was going to finish six and six before the start of the season, I would have doubted you. After the Alabama game, I said maybe, uh, but they they played very well all season, deserving a six and six, deserving of this win. And what do you know? Number seven oh two. Oh yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely there. So even though forty five is uh, not a difficult score to get to, I mean you got to score quite a few points, but. Um, that that can be done quite a bit, but what you see in a lot of bowl games is the larger the uh, spread between the two teams, that that increase in bowlogami goes up because, especially historically, when you're talking, there were six, seven, eight bowls through most of bowl history. You're usually getting pretty competitive games, and so 40, 45 to nothing, a score that hasn't happened yet because for most, you know, for over a hundred years of bowls, you just didn't see two mismatched teams and certainly didn't see things like the opt-outs and the, and the firings and, and all of that. You also didn't get to see Syracuse play in a bowl game for most hundred years. <laughs> you didn't get to see USF play in a bowl game either. Right. <laughs> Except for like the, the Jim Brown era, maybe they had a couple. Maybe. Syracuse has sucked for a long time. <laughs> Oh, man. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Because mortgages, mortgages too. <laughs> Love them so much. Uh, hey, hey, we, we all this. picked Georgia Tech. That's crazy. Uh, Georgia Tech had a great season, honestly. I did not expect this out of Georgia Tech. Like, to the level that they were able to perform. They were actually in competitive games, even the games they lost this year. Yep. Which, great look for Brent Key. Excited to have another offensive line coach actually be successful as a head coach. This is a process for Georgia Tech, and they're finally turning that corner. It, it's not easy to get away from the triple option, uh, and they're finally getting to that point, turning that corner, and they might be on the rise here in the next couple of years. And most importantly, fuck UCF. <laughs> but they get KJ Jefferson next year, which is... Fuck him, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just to think that uh, Georgia Tech probably wouldn't have even been in a bowl game if Mario Cristobal knew how to manage the clock late in the game. And right. For him. <laughs> I still don't understand his aversion to kneeing the ball. You know, it's, it's uh, big boy football. It's it's Mario Cristobal is the kind of aggressive head coach that you wish Troy Calhoun were. That's what it is. There's aggressive and then there's stupid. <laughs> well, depends who you ask. <laughs> the 76 Birmingham Bowl. Uh, yeah, practically a home game for Troy. And they fumbled it. They fumbled the bag. I didn't have any faith in Duke the bowl season. Also, 17 to 10. What a boring ass score. Fair. <laughs> Just a low scoring game. There were a few of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I do appreciate a boring game because I can go ahead and tune out and know that there's no way in hell that it's going to be a Bolagami. And I can. <laughs> there, there you go. I think Thank this is our slide of just pure sadness and depression. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, we're coming up on it. You're getting there. <laughs> You're getting a pure, pure sadness and depression. <laughs> the Camellia Bowl, Montgomery, Alabama, uh, Northern Illinois. We figured out a way <laughs> to clutch this out. The champions of life couldn't get it done. I, they're the champions of life, not the champions of the Camellia Bowl. I that regret is taking them accurate. so much right now. I don't. I knew the second that it happened, the second <laughs> the second that I remembered, wait, they're only the champions of life. I knew it was, it was a bad call. But I thought, what do you know? Maybe maybe they'll get it done because I didn't trust NIU. What a turnaround for Arkansas State this year. A change in quarterback did do a lot for him, though, after getting oh, yeah. absolutely well, obliterated this- in game one by, by my Sooners. Um, that, that was quite a turnaround for Butch Jones and his, his team. I feel like this is the second year in a row, or maybe the second time in three years, where they've had a quarterback change. And the team's been completely different since that point. I I just don't understand. I don't – I hate Butch Jones. I fucking so, hate Butch So, all right. So, that's actually a decent question then. Is that a – is that a mark of a bad coaching staff who can't identify the correct quarterback out of camp? Or is that the mark of a good coaching staff – learns from their mistakes and is able to develop guys in season. I mean, it's, it's Jones, so it's a bad coaching staff. <laughs> I mean, it also comes down to what they show in camp versus what they show on the field. There, it's hard to get live reps like that to the level that you want them to actually evaluate the quarterback. I mean, yeah, but also if you're wrong so many times in a row, just you know, go again next time. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, next, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. At least this and... time when you let me down, it was for a win. Yeah, I can't believe you picked against your own team again. Dude, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself. Terrible. Worst kind of person. <laughs> Memphis also, could have been playing Alabama, hey. and I would have picked the Tigers. Well, I would, too, because fuck Alabama. <laughs> My but, secret is it, always pick against my team because then at least if they lose, I'm not completely see? pissed off by the end of the night. Yeah, see, but I've John, how much that. money did you put on this game? 
I didn't have any money on this game. There you go. You had no reason to pick against them. Yeah, well. <laughs> they let me down only, the previous four games. The emotional hedge only works if you have money on it. I mean, kind of. But I, I did try that strategy earlier in the year, especially with uh, Team Up North games. I, I tried that method. Worked out pretty well at the beginning of the season. I didn't care. And then we'll get to it later. It started to matter. But <laughs> uh, big shout out to JMU. What a great first season. Uh, Second. Technically kind of bowl eligible first season. Okay. Where last season they weren't eligible at all, kind of no matter what. Last, this season they were eligible because they're not enough six to six teams. Uh, so we'll get to see them again for sure. Also, great coaching hire by them. Getting uh, New Hampshire's, not New Hampshire's, Holy Cross's coach. Yep. Um, I he's in Indiana now. I really wanted to see JMU win this game, but I I knew the triple option was going to be more of a problem for them. They hadn't seen it all year, and I know that they didn't see it at the FCS level either. Well, and like their top three defensive guys were all out. So. Yeah, yeah, and that first that first time you see a triple option team, you you've seen it. Army's had upsets, Air Force has had upsets, Navy's had massive upsets. The triple option does things, and when you have a team that runs it as well as one of the service academies, forget about it. Yep. How often do you see the service academies creating scoregamis? Because that feels like a very traditional like run team who's just gonna allow touchdowns and score normal touchdowns and not do much else. But also triple option could be weird. In the, in the short time that I've been uh, doing the Bologami, I haven't seen it. Um, and I wouldn't think most of the time that you would get it. Usually the service academies play very traditional um, standard punt when you're supposed to go for two and you're supposed to type of ball. And most of the times aren't scoring a lot of points. And as you get above into the thirties and forties, uh, those bologamis get a lot more, a uh, lot more common. So thank you. That's the exact answer I knew you were going to say. And did you hear that tug? It's normal as football and they punt when they're supposed to, <laughs> not when you deem it necessary. No, 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 no. See, you guys still misunderstand what I want. No, I don't. You want, you want, unrealistic I want things. him with a minute. You want- you want Mike Leach as your quarterback, half. RIP. Oh God. Just no. Stop. Leave me leave me be and let me hate my coach. It's okay. No, it's not. It's not okay. Yes, it is. Moving on, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, because they don't need a fucking sponsor because the whole state is potatoes. The end. That's the bowl game. Well, here's the thing. The famous Idaho potatoes, they are the sponsor. Nope. That is nope. A... Stop. Nope. Potatoes. <laughs> okay. It is potatoes. All right. Which is the how I feel for union. picking Utah State. <sighs> hey, Georgia State looks good for once. <laughs> Except they lost to Southern. Yeah, they were like yeah. six and zero, oh, and yeah, then really. lost the next six. Yeah. They're six and zero, oh, first time receiving votes in the AP poll, and then just fell off a cliff. Standard. <sighs> I mean, hey, that's Georgia, not standard. Georgia State. Georgia State was just there. They were like, hey, we got to bowl eligibility. We're going to help the rest of the conference get there and just gave out win <laughs> after win after win to help the Sun Belt have the most teams in bowl season. You yeah. have to respect the dedication I, to the Sun Belt. That's... 
I'm just I'm just thinking about this now. Like, you know, in the Duke's mail bowl, they pour mayo on the coach. Could you imagine what would happen if they just started pouring potatoes? Five you don't you don't pour potatoes on them. You pour potato toppings. So you pour sour cream and ranch and bacon bits. What and should and happen sides. is they they use potato guns and shoot the head coach. <laughs> now I thought this I thought this game did pour French fries on the coach. Am I is am I misremembering? Oh, that could be right. They do that, now. I think yeah. that started last year, maybe. Like trying to compete with the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Really, but what we need to have happen now is everybody's got to compete with the Pop Tarts Bowl, so we're going to get an edible potato mascot now, I guess. Mr. Potato Head, <laughs> and this one this was... was also a Bologami number 703. Thank, thank you, Georgia State, for going for two late in the game with uh, right. just under five minutes left for no reason other than. Checking out my Bologami grid and said, by God, we're going to give the people what they want. <laughs> That's what I want in a coach. <laughs> you know, they couldn't go for three. So that's. <laughs> I, I wonder, it's and beautiful. I don't expect you to know this off the top of your head, but if it would have been 43 to 22, would that have also been a Bologami? I would, I would have to think like both of those scores. Um, Odd. Very weird. I can check out my grid real quick here. Uh, 43 to 22 has actually happened before. So let's go to my uh, damn list here and see when that happened. Um, oh, it happened last year in the uh, Big Ten championship game, Michigan over mm-hmm. Purdue. And uh, in order to get a little bit more data and make conference championship games more exciting, um, I decided to include all of those since they are postseason games and not scheduled games at the beginning of the season. So it is very much like a bowl game. I was that at the be. first half of that game and then had to leave because it was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 68 Ventures Bowl down in Alabama. Another essentially home game for one of these teams. And it it was team. a home game. Well, yeah, quite literally, yeah. I think is a home game. But I, I made oh. the point earlier with Troy, so it's parallels. Uh, 4D, this thing. So South Alabama won 59 to 10 over an Eastern Michigan team that I told you was stupid to pick, but you did it anyway, bug. Because fuck <laughs> South Alabama. They suck ass. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Look at that. How bad how bad they suck. 59 to 10. They Number suck so much. <laughs> Fucking hate uh, South Alabama. 59 is already what a wild amount of points to score. But then to hold Eastern Michigan to 10, like did Eastern Michigan show up at all? Did they this is almost worse to me than the 45 to nothing. I was going to say they showed up about as much as Florida State did. Uh, that's not a fair comparison, necessarily. We'll talk about that game later, Doug. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know we're getting there. I do I do want to point out that uh, these teams really worked together and said that, you know, this is, this is the 68 Ventures Bowl, but we're going to go and we're going to one-up it and score 69 nice. total points nice. together to make this what it should be. Nice. 
<laughs> this was the 69th venture, actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this bowl game was great. The SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl, one of the greatest games of all time. 14 to 7. What a way for the Big Ten West to go out. Northwestern winning a boring ass football game. <laughs> so beautiful. The only thing this game was missing was grass up to their fucking knees because they didn't want to fucking cut it and they wanted everybody right. to run slow. It's the only thing it was missing. <laughs> Playing in a damn wheat field up there in Chicago. <laughs> that, <laughs> the that's easy exactly post. what you get. When you get Utah in a bowl game here without Cam Rising like they did all season, uh, Utah this year was just Iowa wearing red and black instead of gold and black. So this was a Big Ten West game. It's, it's fair. Pretty much. Yeah, I've never heard anybody call him that before, but that's that's yes, that is accurate. I, I stole that one from uh, Bud Elliott on the Cover Three podcast. He's he's uh sure. he's one of the best best uh, analysts out there. That's funny. Love it. Easy post Hawaii Bowl down in Honolulu. Uh, the Chanticleers posted that picture with Tim Beck and the cheerleaders in teal bikinis, and then deleted it instantly because. <laughs> People thought it was creepy, uh, but Tug didn't and picked the Chanticleers here. <laughs> Correctly picked the Chanticleers. Thank you. Hey, I just love uh, Shiv and Cordero, and it didn't work out for me. And also, Grayson McCall transferred, and I thought that would actually have some impact. But it turns out Tim Beck has destroyed the identity of Coastal Carolina to such an extent that it didn't matter that Grayson McCall wasn't playing. It mattered as much to Coastal Carolina as it mattered to Ohio that half their roster transferred too. I know. It's crazy. Would have been nice if that would have been the case for Florida State too, but like I said, we'll get there. <laughs> Quick lane bowl in Detroit. So I remember hearing a stat that uh the Mac the Mac championship game is the longest running conference championship game. To be held at a single venue was at been at Ford Field since like 2000 or something like that. No other championship game has had a consistent venue for that long. I think the Quick Lane Bowl has been there basically that entire time as well and has included a MAC team every single year. It's kind of awesome that Detroit gets something in the postseason because it, there's it, not much else happens. First time in. 20 years, 30 years for the for the NFL team. So I mean, yeah, yeah they they awesome. get a game there this year. One. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Calvin Johnson finally acknowledges their existence again. That was funny. <laughs> so the uh Mac Championship game has been held at Ford Field since 2004. So the okay. SEC Championship game would have had it beat, but whenever they replaced the Georgia Dome, technically a different venue and so the Mac now now holds it. Fair, but also it, it just matters more in the Mac. That's that's really what this comes down to. <laughs> wow, uh, but actually, clearly not because Minnesota didn't win that game, and then their quarterback transferred to Rutgers. So what a <laughs> what a season for Minnesota. He didn't like going five and seven at Minnesota. He figured, why not go four and eight at Rutgers? <laughs> it's really going to affect. The uh, battle for 14th to 18th place in the Big Ten next year. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Ah, uh, man. The Serve Pro First Responders Bowl down in Gerald Ford Stadium, the other Gerald Ford. Uh, and fuck you, Bug. It's fuck two times team. now. <laughs> the team you suck. said sucks. They suck. I love Texas State. Texas State's one of my best friends now. <laughs> fuck Texas State. Okay. <laughs> That's all we're talking about that game, I guess. Fair enough. Uh, guaranteed rate bowl. Another mortgage Kansas, bowl. <laughs> UNLV. Yes. Love love buying houses. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Kansas tried, which is cool. Um, and UNLV has forgotten how to play football. UNLV has Mountain West disease, I think, is the real thing here. Yeah. Same as Air Force this season. They start off hot, and then yep. they decide it's time to play school instead. Yeah, stop playing and, football. Yeah. Uh, wild <laughs> that you might, might want to actually try you know, at other ventures um, instead of being a good football team late in the season. That's where I think it would count more. But do you, UNLV, that's fine. They they put up a good effort though to help help get us to this uh, this bowlagami here. I see thirty six, very very fun score. Yep. So um, UNLV here, I mean, did everything they were supposed to. It wasn't a wasn't a weird uh, you know going for two on the first down of the game or or chasing points um, too early in the game. You know they um, they scored a touchdown with about twelve minutes left. Uh, to make it 35 to 30 and then tried to go to for two to make it a three point game. Didn't get it. Kansas scores again, UNLV score. And then Kansas ends up scoring another touchdown, go 49 to 30. And then uh, UNLV scores one uh, with about six minutes left or so. Um, goes for two again to try and make it a 11 point game, hoping that another touchdown, another two point conversion Another field goal. They did have enough time to do it if they if they would have been able to. But um, this is this is kind of your your classic bologami high scoring. One team's trying to play catch up by going for two, and he, whether they get it or not, it's usually going to throw off their um, their normal scores. And so even though Kansas has a very normal football score at forty nine with seven touchdowns, all with the extra points, uh, UNLV trying to chase points ended up getting us to a bologami here. Wild fourth quarter, by the way, that you ended up with like five, five different eventualities there. And UNLV had enough time to come back, even though they let up like two Kansas touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, you yep. know, had about five touchdowns in uh, eight and a half minutes of uh, game time. And I got to say, too, as far as Kansas football is concerned, uh, I know. They have they have two legitimate quarterbacks, which I think is something that not a lot of people have touched on. But Bean is actually like a decent quarterback for Kansas. And the fact that they have two guys that when the athletic ones hurt, they can go to the passer, that's insane to me. And Kansas has never been that good to be able to switch it up and actually be successful when somebody goes down. So... Shout out to the Jason Bean, who runs a four four forty as not the athletic one. It, it really says something as well. I know it, it does. <laughs> it does. 
Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com, the first legitimate bowl sponsor of bowl games. Virginia Tech went bowling. That is correct. And Tulane very much did not go bowling. <laughs> nope. They forgot uh, their this, game. So this, this was not an upset. This was not an upset. Virginia Tech was like a touchdown favorite in this game. And we all picked Tulane anyway because it's Virginia Tech. Uh, but Virginia Tech won. So Tulane was so disappointing down the stretch. I, I I knew this team wasn't the same as they were last year. Like I wasn't surprised yeah. that they lost to uh to SMU. SMU. This one did kind of shock me. I I'm curious to see what this team's gonna be able to put up next year. Is Brent Pry a good coach for Virginia Tech, though. Better than Justin Fuente was. True. But here's the real question. Does he just have more distance from Frank Beamer? Therefore, he's already a better coach. Never be the guy that follows the guy. Exactly. They always say in college football. Definitely. Uh, The Dukes Mayo Bowl up next. Tug's favorite bowl. Yes. Just disgusting. <laughs> All right. Le- legitimately, the game was cool. Whatever. What we 30 to 10 is a is a score, Gami. Uh, we already <laughs> discussed this a little bit. I want to ask a question. Do you guys prefer Dukes or Hellman's? Dukes. But here's why. Yeah, shut up. Okay. You suck. Here's why. <laughs> Dukes was the first mayo I ever saw in like the little uh, little package, like not like the ones that you rip open that you get like at a fast food joint or whatever. Like it was the same type of squeezy okay. package, and you flip the top open, you squeeze it in, or you use the whole thing. You just squeeze, shoot it all out for whatever recipe you're using, and that by far way better than having to break out the measuring cup with the Hellman's and yeah. So Dukes all the way. See, I go for when I'm making like a macaroni salad. I need Hellman's. It's just a, I don't know. There, there's there's a sweetness that Dukes has that just doesn't work with my recipe for macaroni salad. So, do you have an opinion on this, Bolgami? I'm a Dukes Mayo Dukes Mayo guy all the way. I just all right. That's, Fair enough. That's I respect I what with. you're. I respect what you're saying about the macaroni salad, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, I just I'm don't also, like I was also born in the North, so Hellman's was uh, more common I mean, for me. Yeah, that's that's what I had growing up, too. So I, I get it. I get it. I think the Duke's Mayo Bowl is the perfect rebuttal to the people who say that there are too many bowls and that we need to cut it down or do away with them entirely. Uh, <laughs> well... You, you cannot you cannot deprive America of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Spending multiple think, years recipes trying to figure out the right consistency to pour mayo on a multi-millionaire is America as it, at its finest. I think you, you would be more correct if we got rid of the mortgage and insurance sponsors and had more fun food sponsors. Give me a French's Mustard Bowl. <laughs> or the Pop-Tart Bowl. Well, we'll get there. 
we're we're coming. There's definitely coming some traumatized the kids out there. Okay, that's that's all <laughs> to say about that one. We have some deep pop tart lore to get into, but the Directv Holiday Bowl, uh, the only bowl game on Fox, not on ESPN. Hey, USC showed which, up for a game. Kind of, but also, um, it, this was just a weird one-off thing from a backup quarterback, which college football loves to give us sometimes. Part of the reason I love college football, but USC's random backup quarterback that people who don't follow recruiting had never heard of before in their lives decided to play phenomenally and prove that Caleb Williams might very well be a system quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb Williams sucks. Sorry. What? Who said that? The person who's gonna whose team's gonna draft him this year. Don't say that. Possibly. I don't want to burn my house down. <laughs> Base I've, done enough, uh, I've done enough Lincoln Riley slander on my OU Scorigami page to last a lifetime, so I'll <laughs> I'll keep my comments to myself here. You don't have to. <laughs> Feel free. You you want to oh. see somebody let loose, just let Doug loose on how much he hates Michigan. <laughs> Dear Lord. Or we could start talking about Madden. Well, yeah, that too. Madden sucks. Oh, man. (laughs) Not the guy, the video game. Just being clear. This one was very close to Korigami, even though it wasn't. Ironically enough, it happened in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, (laughs) Wisconsin-Wake Forest in 2020. (laughs) Man. Uh, the Tax Act Texas Bowl, which you clowned us for picking Oklahoma State, bug, and then Oklahoma State won. And now they get their quarterback for a seventh year, Brady White Jr. I think that was his name. (laughs) Oklahoma State sucked balls most of the fucking year. They They went to the Big 12 championship game. I mean, it's not like they were great or anything, but to act like they were worse than Texas A&M is a that's a take. They won. Here's what I've learned: one important game. They won one important game all fucking year. The last time they play Oklahoma, they decide, you know what? We don't want to lose. Have this be the most lopsided rivalry ever. It's going to be a little bit closer because we're going to win. And what important game has A&M won? Got him. <laughs> One to zero, man. Oh, geez. So, 31-23 final there. Uh, Te- uh, Texas A&M tried to make it a game. Oklahoma State, I think, tried harder to make it a game, honestly. But and that's why you picked anyway. Texas A&M in this one, except, you know, I was fucking wrong. So, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. it. Anytime you've said a team sucks so far, they've won the game. So <laughs> the, uh, the biggest uh, biggest debate that went on during that game, there were a lot of people both uh, in our party and on Twitter that were commenting on uh, how Oklahoma State's black uniforms looked navy blue. So that about tells you all that you need to know about how boring Jesus. this game was. <laughs> I mean, but what else do you expect with the Red River shootout junior division? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the Wasabi Fenway Bowl got us started at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, in the rain. For... This game was 
wet. Yeah, it was. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> the The groundskeepers at Fenway Park were not happy after this game. Let's put it that way. The 28th of December was a great day, chock full of bowl games. This was the first one of the day um, at a baseball field. The second one of the bowl season to be held at a baseball field. And the first of the day, because right after that, we had the Pinstripe Bowl, Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Fucking you down, baby. Let's go. I haven't seen the slides yet. This is amazing. <laughs> I hadn't made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I well, love it. Called it. This is Greg Shiano Rutgers, not just Rutgers. The Piscataway YMCA comes through for me. <laughs> Nothing says Bronx, New York, like Bad Boy Mowers as a sponsor. Exactly. <laughs> everybody has a lawnmower in New York, right? Or that's what they call their scissors, of. right? That's what I think of when I think of New York City. It's fucking lawnmowers. <laughs> oh man, let's go Rutgers. I I just Incredible. want to say that this game was not on the CW, and that's why I got this one correct. That is true. Uh, have you been tracking that all season? Uh, Bolgami, uh, NC State on the CW is unfucking beatable. It's incredible. <laughs> if I and I, if I could have watched it, I would have watched several of them. I promise. <laughs> I don't even know how to. I, I do all streaming. I don't even know how to stream on the CW. Uh, for what it's worth, I don't either. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't either actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other than paying 120 bucks a month for a tv service so that's beautiful that love that point. defeats the purpose of streaming i know i know but it's a streaming tv service so it technically counts <laughs> this game was what we call a, a rare gami it only happened twice in history Ooh. and the last one was uh, the 1998 sun bowl so Ooh. 19 is a, is a tough number to get to especially if it's not like 21 to 19 you know, if it's if it's uh, you know a close game and you're trying to trying to tie it up, that's one thing. But with a nine point game, um, you know that's pretty pretty difficult to get to. Bug and I watched this one in a restaurant in Arkansas, <laughs> and then we saw the pop tart go down. So happy, and he came out. And what happened afterwards? Uh, nightmare fuel. Go Actually, back. Nightmare fuel. We have to talk about that a second. We I have just, to discuss this. Dreams do come true was what the sign said. It is official Pop-Tart lore that the, the Tarts want to be consumed. It is their lifelong dream to be eaten. Yeah, do we not remember those commercials from like five? <laughs> no, it's probably like 10, 15 years ago, let's be honest. Uh, just... <laughs> I just don't think and they then... thought it through that that thing was going to look like Harvey Dent when it came out with only one eye <laughs> It really did. There was only there was like one eye left that nobody ate. They ate around this one eye. So I think that is enough to regenerate, and we'll have another pop tart next year. It's just the kids are going to be scarred forever. Also, I heard the trophy next season very, very, very possibly will be a working toaster. Please God. I'm here for it. We need more food sponsors for bowl games because you can't pour gasoline on a head coach. 
Yes, you can. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Oh, man. What coach did Uh, you want to burn there, Ben? (laughs) I guess in this scenario, he really hates Arizona. So I jetfish. I I went with OU because I thought maybe they'd be able to to do something impressive here. I knew Arizona was going to be a juggernaut coming into this. We talked about it a few times on previous episodes that they were by far the most underrated team this year. Uh, And the fact that they were only number 14 coming into this game is kind of an insult to how good they were. They it it was that game against USC. Uh, We've said it many times. That game against USC is when is the turning point in their season. I think they're just about undefeated from that point on, and they hadn't looked back. Unfortunate, uh, my Sooners ran into a a bit of a buzzsaw here, but this this is one of the strangest games I've ever watched with all of the points being scored in three runs, with Arizona going up um, 17 to nothing, and then OU climbing up 24 to 17, and then just continued to give the ball away like they were playing in the in the rain in the cure bowl or something. Um, just just you can't win any games with six turnovers. And the fact that this was this close really, really showed how well OU's defense played, even though yep. it sure doesn't look like it. I mean, c- continually pulling them out of holes um, that the offense kept putting them into. But the uh, Jackson Arnold era off to a decent start, at least with how he played, you know, had some, had some true freshman mistakes as you might expect playing in uh, playing against such a good team, but um, there'll be exciting things in the future for him. I think. What an incredible sec big 12 matchup. This is. (laughs) (laughs) Man, college football is weird. All right. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Uh, because if ah, there's anything I want out of my bowl season. game is paying taxes. That's my favorite part of bowl season. <laughs> and scoring a touchdown as time expires. Uh, yes. That also is a way uh, to enjoy bowl season. Yeah, I legitimately I was convinced we all lost this game as obvious reasons. When Kentucky got that return and then a one-yard touchdown, that was the most fight I've seen out of Clemson all season long. Was that last drive? <laughs> Incredible. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Yeah, because of course Dabo Sweeney isn't a good coach, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> even bring that up this time. Yeah, absolutely. I will. No, I said I didn't even bring that one up. You, you said a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson hadn't looked good. Ebo Sweeney's bad. No, you you jump to conclusions. It's one of your hottest takes of all time. It is. And you, you keep standing by it. It's weird. It is weird. <laughs> we have to talk about it occasionally. <laughs> the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Uh, I didn't see this coming. 40 to 8. That's insane. Um, also, Bologami, very exciting. It's what we come to expect from uh, from bowl games. You get teams that just might as well go for two. The extra points are not going to do anything. Uh, and uh, they think, why the heck, why not? We'll go ahead and go for it. And then I'm sitting there the whole time just cheering for it and just, just like a sicko. 
<laughs> this is the perfect encapsulation of modern college football bowl games, though, because you have one team where you have your head coach coming back. There's still quite a bit of momentum around the guy. Players love to be there. The bringing in big-time transfers, not really losing anybody massive to the transfer portal, at least. Then you have Oregon State who lost their head coach. A whole bunch of guys transferred out. You have basically a brand-new team next year. And that's just how college football is now. And so bowl games are going to be this lopsided when you have coaching staffs moving around, players moving around before the bowls. So wild yeah, and craziness. And I thought Sam Hartman not being in this one for Notre Dame would have more of an impact. And Oregon State's been very good this season. I mm-hmm. certainly did not see this coming, though. I want to yeah. pose the question. We can answer this now or not, but is it time for the NCAA to move their recruiting windows around and the 100%. coaching hirings around? Like, seems like an easy fix here for players transferring out and not being able to play. 100%. It's one of the things in Chip Kelly's rant earlier this year. Yeah. Something needs to be done on it for sure. Cause we, I mean, we got robbed of what could have been a really great matchup here and and the Sun Bowl really deserves better. When you're talking about the fourth longest running bowl game uh, behind the Rose Sugar and, and uh, Orange Bowl, like, we this would have been a great matchup if both teams were at full strength with their head coaches, with their quarterbacks, and it's too bad that we didn't get it. Well, and I'll I'll say it for this next one too. The Liberty All Zone Liberty Bowl. Doug and I were at this game at a I'm not calling it that name at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Memphis renames it. I'm, I'm you don't really love happy. love banking so much. No. No, it's, so it's my favorite activity. <laughs> so we all pick Memphis. Memphis wins 36-26. That's a bowlagami. But the bigger thing here, kind of what we were talking about with this previous game and just in general, Iowa State had what? They had to have 30 dudes in sweats on the sideline. Yeah. Easily. Right? Now and Memphis benefited from that. They also benefited from the fact that their defensive coordinator left and Interim defensive coordinator, now full-time defensive coordinator, had that defense looking insanely better in this bowl game against Iowa State. That's Memphis a point benefited. against what we were saying, though. Because uh, It's not, though, <laughs> because Memphis benefited doubly. They were a 10-point dog and win this one by 10. They completely flipped the spread here. So it's just – it goes to show you just how much. It is funny, though. They benefited from their defense coordinator leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Memphis yeah. really did us a favor here. Um they uh missed their first extra point and kind of got behind yep. their behind the sticks, uh, so to speak, on on the scores. And then when they got to 19, tried to go for two up 19 to nothing, uh trying yep. to make it 21 and just set this game off from the start and then just messed up all of the conversions. And uh <laughs> I was I was driving driving through rural roads, trying to get service right as this game was ending, knowing that there was almost no way it wasn't going to end in a bowlagami, And um, luckily had service in time to, to see the end and, and get the final score tweeted out. I didn't even realize Memphis had missed the kick until I, was, I heard people like talking about it around us. I look up and I look over at Doug and he's like, that's going to cost you later. <laughs> I, everybody just cheered as if nothing happened. 
And I was like, y'all missed the kick. What, is, what are y'all cheering for? And then everybody <laughs> looks at the scoreboard. They were cheering for Doug. <laughs> that is an acceptable answer. I'll take it. <laughs> the, I mean, oh, man. Iowa State really played one. <laughs> they were very good in the second quarter, and that's it. They didn't yep. show up for the rest of the game. So, oh, as Doug yeah. and I like to remind people, there are in fact four quarters to football. Yeah, that's this was a very hard concept for some people. To understand, apparently, apparently. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, I'm glad we were there. It was cold. We had a good time, and a lot of beer. Perfect. Yes, a lot of beer. Oh my! Sounds gosh. like a great day. Uh, probably too much beer, but no such survived. Thing. Maybe that's what mattered. The the Cotton Bowl, yeah. So talk about four quarters of football. Missouri only played one in this game too, but it, it but happened. Ohio State didn't play any. So. Right. so that's cool. I love that. Um, the worst offensive line Ohio State's ever had in the history of Ohio State football. Gotta say that out front because Missouri's defense is not this good. Um, but no, they were they're not. And. I know if I plug this into my team's better than your team, Memphis is better than Ohio State because they only lost or they scored more points on Missouri than Ohio State scored on Missouri. So, and I think they nice. lost by less too. So, you can have solace nice. in that. Yeah, I can have solace in the fact that Memphis is better than Ohio State. Yeah, I love that. That's great. <laughs> uh, the Chick fil A Peach Bowl, which I just recently learned. Chick-fil-A is like the longest running sponsor. Yeah, we talked about that in the last show. I know, but still, that's that's wild to me that I I grew up on it being called the Chick-fil-A Bowl when I realized what bowl games were. It was the Chick-fil-A Bowl, and then it got changed. I was like, what the heck's the Peach Bowl? But the Peach Bowl's been a thing forever, and I'm just a dumbass. That's what that is. But I picked Ole Miss, so made up for it. It's fair. There were no good options in this one, so I took no. the lesser two evils. That, uh, Debatable, I know. Uh, who would who yeah. would have guessed yeah. that right. Lane Kiffin actually showed up for a game? Who would have guessed that Bug didn't want to pick Ole Miss in a game? That's well, everybody, wild. everybody Never guessed would've... that. <laughs> People who've never seen the show would have guessed that. Oh man, I should have worn my old Miss hat. But that is Bologami seven oh nine. This uh, this game was headed for just a, a regular normal score. Um, Ole Miss up thirty eight seventeen. Penn State scores. They kick the extra point to keep it at fourteen. Um, thirty eight twenty four. Assuredly, has happened many times, but uh, they go for two to make it a thirteen point game for whatever reason. There were. There weren't going to be um, enough possessions for the field goal aspect of it to matter, but um, we, we were all celebrating over at my house for sure. That's awesome. This is the first 11-win season in Ole Miss football history, which wild. Also means that Memphis got there first. I'm just saying. That is true. And that that warms the heart. <laughs> but that year y'all lost to Penn State. So almost kind of did what you couldn't anyway. Memphis that, yeah. also got to 12 wins, so they did even better than that. 
Oh man, I I can't win because Memphis did have a better season. <laughs> Moving on here, the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Uh, I was at this game. So, Nissan uh, Stadium is not as terrible to navigate as people say it is. That's my takeaway from this. Unless you're going to the 300 level, I guess. You guys but kept talking to me about October and November Maryland. This was December Maryland. That is true. <laughs> and Auburn that fucking is, that is very good. Point. And Auburn was not playing Alabama or Georgia. Therefore, they could not play football. My favorite part of this game, definitively, was the guy sitting directly behind me, obviously from Maryland, decked out in Maryland gear, uh, had like a kind of a Baltimore accent. And every single play, Maryland did something good. Be like, SEC my ass. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. 31-13. Wow, Maryland actually kind of dominated this one. Is, cool. is that better or worse than the guy you went to that kept calling somebody else offside the entire game? Oh, the, <laughs> the Austin P game. <laughs> Guess where number eight is. <laughs> that game was stupid. Uh, this game happened. That's about as much as I'm going to say about this game. That is more than it deserves. So Georgia <laughs> won 63 to 3. This offensive <laughs> clinic happened. You know, everybody said didn't believe Florida State when they said they weren't going to show up. And what do you know? Yeah, they didn't exactly. show up. Exactly. I think it was the day before the day of. I saw a news article pop up that said, "Like, hey, ESPN and the Orange Bowl are not happy with Florida State sitting twenty-two players." I'm sitting there like, "You did this to yourself." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and then everybody wants to talk about all the players that Georgia lost to the portal and all this shit too. I'm like, they lost 22. They lost all of their starters. Your congratulations. Your backups are better yeah. than Florida State's backups that don't want to be there anyway. <laughs> I know y'all picked Florida State for, uh, you know, sentimental reasons or for you know taking a stance reasons, but you gave me the free win because we welcome. all knew Georgia was going to win this game. So I do appreciate that. I was hoping this but would also, be a different reaction by Florida State, but it was a not. sixty point win. What in the world? That's never happened before, has it? A sixty point win, largest in the whole game victory. Yeah, yeah, and the second largest they got last year in the national championship game. That's right. Right. Which what wild? Um, and TCU wild. played in that one, so right. <laughs> Golly, Orange Bowl. Um, should have thought harder about picking Florida State. <laughs> well, they were actually obligated because they were the ACC champion and didn't get uh, selected for the college football playoff. Yeah, yeah, but just ask Florida State. Contracts are made to be broken. <laughs> hey, hey, are you guys sure you want to be in this one or are you going to be upset? I don't know what Florida State would have said if it was offered to them to not play in the Orange Bowl. Rather than like, eh, we'll take uh we'll take the Arizona Bowl. Why not? <laughs> go play, go play Toledo. That'd been very fun. Toledo, Wyoming here. Um, of course, Doug was not gonna take Wyoming. Nope. But Wyoming won anyway. Again, another CW game, another wild score though. <laughs> 
Yes. So Absolutely. wild, in fact, that it was number seven <laughs> eleven. It was really, really pretty incredible. You know, thinking sixteen to fifteen definitely doesn't happen every day, but it's pretty hard for a low scoring one point game to be a bologami because of how often that you end up going for two for the win or something happens where close games, one point games happen a lot. And especially in the history of bowl games, you think about low scoring games were the norm for most of this sport history and competitive low scoring games were going to be what a lot of your bowl games looked like for, for decades. Uh, so I was, I was pleasantly surprised, but 16 and 15, as far as low scores go, definitely uh, hard to get to naturally. Yeah, but also the way Wyoming did it was very unnatural. So it kind of fits. <laughs> it's perfect. What a comeback for Wyoming. And uh, honestly, what a great season for Toledo. I know they lost, but, you know, some credit there. An 11-win season at Toledo is nothing to scoff at. Uh, the ReliQuest Bowl, I was so confident in this at halftime that I turned off the game and went to do other things. Oh, that was dumb. Yeah, I know. I picked Wisconsin because uh, SEC my ass was the mentality. <laughs> SEC my ass. Uh, that did not go well for me. No, the SEC had the better of the Big Ten in most of. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. When you actually watch this game, this was Wisconsin's best passing performance in like four years. And it went exactly as I thought it was going to. The defense for LSU played like they played all year. And the offense for LSU was more limited without Jaden Daniels playing. So it really went the way I thought it would, except that Wisconsin decided to choke the fourth quarter. I mean. Thanks. Well, Tanner Thanks Mordecai was the Lincoln Riley quarterback, so he's he's really good at, at choking. <laughs> I love it. They got Tyler Van Dyke now up in Wisconsin. He's going to choke shit, too. Can't wait. Uh, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, uh, Liberty, Oregon. Now, Liberty had a, a great, great drive to start the game. And then that, decided, was, awesome. that was about it. That was, was great. That was all they needed to do. I was worried for a second that I had picked on the wrong side of this and then remembered that they had no business being in this game to start with, and it went about like we expected. Yeah. 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 I I will say I fully understand everybody that was upset about Liberty being the group of five representative uh, in the New Year's Six here 100% before this game even took place. They had the worst strength of schedule in the FBS. I Followed get it. closely by Georgia, I believe. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they still beat everybody that was on their schedule. Something to be said for that. And furthermore, I would have loved to have seen the argument that they deserve to be national champions had they won this game because they would have been undefeated no. with one singular quality win. That, no. Not what, with the amount that you absolutely they would. Absolutely no, but not, they would. not the way you hate on UCF for it. I said I would love to hear the argument. 
I didn't say I was going to back them up. I would have okay. backed up Florida State. I okay. just wanted to see the argument happen. Personally, I would have much rather seen SMU in this game. I know it's a little little yeah. harder to make that yeah. case after they no-showed at the Fenway Bowl, but you're, you're going to have different situation as far as opt-outs going to Boston for a December bowl game versus playing in a New Year's Six. Yep. Uh, and I, I don't – The I don't way that they could teach TCU and OU, I think they would have at least – I mean, they definitely would have shown up more than this. Yeah. I don't I, I don't think won. you'd get those opt-outs if SMU or Tulsa – or Tulane goes to that game. Sorry, not Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> I want the New Year's Six uh, – group of five representative to be just permanently the Mac champion. And we get Tuesday night bowl action out of New Year's six. Oh God. <laughs> Gonna need some That's big things from the Mac next year. That's what I'm hearing. It's actually just a rematch it, of the Mac. Actually it won't because it'll be New Year's Day is on Wednesday next year because of the leap year this year. Well and the New Year's six is basically no more with the twelve team playoff. I have no idea what's gonna happen with the bowl games. Yes, but we'll, we'll find out. Iowa stayed true to uh, its form. Yeah, very, very much so. Um Brian Ferentz is going out the way he came in with no points. You heard I anything do, back from Iowa yet? <laughs> I have not. So I, I applied to be the office coordinator at Iowa. They have not responded. Uh, this is the cheese at citrus bowl, which I just want to point out. You ever eat a cheese it and some citrus together? Um, might be good. I've never tried it either, but maybe. I feel like I have to now. I know. Would maybe you rather is- have citrus dumped on you or cheese it's? Because one of those things happened after this game, the other did not. So I don't know if that's the right answer, but it I is mean- an answer. I would much rather have cheese it stumped on me. <laughs> I mean, what what do you mean by citrus stumped on me? Do I have the, just like giant oranges falling on my head, or is it like orange OJ. juice? Yeah. Is it Lemonade. lemon juice? What about OJ Simpson? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I would much rather try on some gloves and pretend they don't fit than have anything poured on me after a bowl win. Uh, so, this bowl game was perfect, except for Tennessee winning, but it was perfect for Iowa because Iowa just had their punter surpass the NCAA record for punt yards in a season, which is insane. Uh, the previous record holder was a punter for Michigan State in 1936, um, and his family responded to this by saying we just want to point out our grandfather did this in like eight games and y'all have 13 games now 14 games it's not the same <laughs> all, all respect <laughs> all respect to troy taylor and his Troy taylor and his great season but uh it, it's it that michigan our, state our, team was ass <laughs> and also Iowa Hawkeyes became the seventh lowest scoring 10 plus win team in college football history. God. Uh, and they are only one of three teams in college football history to win 10 plus games while being shut out in three of them. Please, <laughs> man. <laughs> Iowa is next level Big Ten West. Pour on, one and, out for the Brian Ferentz the- offense because I. If Iowa comes out next year and puts up an average of 
30 points a game. It was all him. It was all nepotism that kept this team down. Like, but look, even this, look at the last two teams to do this. 1903 and 1890. Yeah. And one of them's an Ivy League school, so fuck that. Yeah, I don't even think they were using the, the four I mean, game. it's Northwestern. I also want to say, if Iowa scores 30-plus points a game next season, they're winning the fucking national championship. That's Yes. With this defense? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And that punter. So, every even when they, even when well, they don't score. The yeah, he's he's entering the draft. You they're know, definitely they're not using, they were definitely not using the forward pass in 1890. That did not become popularized until uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh, helped form the predecessor to the uh, NCAA that added a fourth oh, and regulated the time to 15 minutes and ended up instituting yeah. the forward pass as 100% legal instead of questionably legal. So, it, it, so yeah, so Iowa is now in company with teams that were not really allowed to use the forward pass. Like, Well, they yeah. basically don't, so it makes sense. <laughs> now we get to playoffs. the playoffs. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Playoffs? Of course, these aren't actual playoffs. playoffs. It's the playoff invitational. So we're calling bullshit. This, these are not playoffs. If they were actual playoffs, Florida State would have been in them. But instead, we and you know who wouldn't have been in it? Ala fucking Bama. Yeah. Michigan tried early to uh, give this game away, and then they tried late to give it away. Yeah, didn't work either time. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> I thought there was no chance Michigan was winning this game after JJ McCarthy threw that interception that just happened. That the the, the uh, Alabama defender stepped out of bounds right before it. I thought I thought this game had no chance for Michigan, and Alabama just just completely inept on offense. Um, Jalen Miller. Proven again that he's a running back playing quarterback, and uh, maybe Bill O'Brien was right when he told him he shouldn't be a quarterback. You know, yeah. I fully was prepared to boycott the uh, college football <clears throat> invitational, but my father-in-law really wanted to watch this game, so I saw way more of the Rose Bowl than I'd intended. But it was a fantastic finish. I did not watch this game on principle. But I, also one of the greatest college football playoff games ever in its 10-year existence. Was this the uh, only one to go to overtime? No, it was the second. The second? Okay. OU and uh, Georgia went to double overtime in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day 2018. There you yeah. go. It's always the Rose Bowl. I. Mm-hmm. The only thing I didn't like about this game is the QB draw on fourth and goal. The only thing I didn't like about this game was the teams playing in it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, we could talk about that play for hours. It's been talked about a million times already. Yeah. Suffice to say, that made literally zero fucking sense. Correct. But if all things were correct in the world, this would have been Ohio State, Florida State, and it would have been an awesome game as well. So, and then we get the All State Sugar Bowl. The uh, we were talking about overtime, also the uh, Alabama Georgia national championship game that same year, yeah, after Georgia yeah. beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Alabama beat Clemson. That game went into overtime as well. 
Yeah, I on principle didn't watch the uh, all SEC national championship games because oh right. crazy we saw it already happen in the SEC championship game. Yeah, but now you get an all Big Ten national championship game. <laughs> yes, we're excited. In in ESPN's nightmare, both teams that they wanted to see in the national championship lost. So I'm a hundred percent back in on watching the national championship game. <laughs> also, horns down. Let's go. Let's go. Very exciting. This one I legitimately saw zero percent of. So if you guys have anything to add here, uh, feel free. I quote unquote watch this game through ESPN Gamecast on one of my other screens while I was doing something else, and I it seemed like a very interesting game that I kind of wish I would have watched, honestly. But it was my principle not to watch these invitational bullshit games. I so. had fallen asleep at this point because I had to get up to drive the next day. Uh, but from what I did see in it, uh, Michael Penix is legit. Uh, and this, which we all knew anyway. For yeah. what it's worth, this game did end up starting about 30 minutes late because the Rose Bowl yes. went into overtime. So it right. went even later than normal. Yeah, this this game... Since I'm, I guess I'm the only one that watched the whole thing. Uh, both teams tried to give it away at, at different points, uh, just fumbles and muff punts, and um, Washington tried to give it away with some some poor clock management. A little bit of it, um, kind of fluky with the injury uh, stopping, basically giving Texas an extra timeout. But really, it came down to Texas was not getting any sort of pressure on the edge. I mean, Murphy and Sweat in the middle. Or winning their battles, but at the end of the day, Texas did not have a sack. They did not have a knockdown even of Michael Penix, and Michael Penix is too good to not to not put any pressure on him. I mean, there's one point he completed 11 straight passes, and the 12th one was just flat out dropped by a receiver, or it would have been even more. I've also seen a lot of people say that Quinn Ewers just looked straight up pedestrian in this game, which is interesting and also depressing to hear if that is a legitimate uh take there and not just some hot take bullshit people want to stir up since arch manning's on the roster now too i really think at some point he may have had a concussion in that game he looked totally dazed and confused after the game ended i mean he took off his helmet there's a video of him and he's he's like looking around like he does not even know what planet he's on so i, I don't i didn't see anything that i thought might have done it but based on the way that he just kind of played lackadaisical and um, and uninspiring, which really is not what we've seen from him for the most part, especially this year. Um, I, I wonder if he had, he uh, had a concussion that went undiagnosed. My biggest takeaway from all that you're talking about is um, Texas didn't have a sack, which is crazy because even I have one. So... <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this was number 712 on bowl game scoregami, leading us straight into the national championship game. Texas loses bowl game. What more can you ask for? <laughs> Literally the perfect game for you. That's great. <laughs> of course, counting up all of our records this season so far. And the bowl games. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to go all out with this. This isn't Apollo Creed dying, but it is Apollo Creed losing. 
this is my worst bowl season yeah. in a long time, and yes. I hate it. Hey, uh, I'm, and, and, I'm above 500 on bowls. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, technically. You still have a shot to go perfectly 500, which is what I'm really rooting for. I know we picked the same exact teams to win both national championships, but I'm really hoping that you lose both of them so that you go perfectly 500. That's <laughs> And then I I did surprisingly well. I didn't expect to do this well. You can't play that when you ruin your win percentage there. <laughs> it rounds to 0.69. Nice. So I <laughs> now Doug Storm, he wants me to end perfectly 500 but he also wants to get back to that 0.69 exactly it is it's a it's hard line to walk (laughs) oh man so we have two more games this college football season both of them will be represented by uh purely northern (laughs) football teams which is incredible it just means more in the north as we have discussed and for the first time this season we're going out of order uh, because this is the bad one. The <laughs> college football playoff national championship. Uh, the Washington and the team up north, it's kind of a classic matchup. Like, this feels like a very this is a 70s matchup. and 90s matchup here. Also, I think that is legitimately uh, a 90s matchup that was very important back in that day as well. Um, but we get it here in 2024 for the FBS national championship. So what are you guys looking for in this game? I don't really have any analysis other than screw the team up North. So what, what I'm seeing in this game, what really <laughs> concerns me, um, is Michigan being able to cover all of those weapons that Washington has. It seems like they, Every every week, it's a new weapon they're pulling out uh, for Michael Penix Jr. out there, uh, and that's going to be a massive issue. Whether it's Romo Dunze, uh, oh, I forget who the other wide receiver is. Number what's it two or number one uh, that had that long reception to start the game against Texas? Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm looking for in this matchup. I do think Washington can can pull this one out. The NCAA is really, really good about handing punishments down to athletes as soon as they possibly fucking can. We've seen it as recently as literally the year fucking before they allowed NIL, where Jackson Wiseman, basketball player for Memphis, and uh, the one, fuck, Ohio State. You know exactly who I'm talking about, Chase Young. Immediately, they turn around and say, nope, you're not eligible. You can't play. Yep. What they are really shitty at is punishing teams quickly. Mm -hmm. So in about two years, after Michigan wins this national championship, they're going to have to vacate it. Can't wait. That's that's what I'm hoping for because I want everything bad possible to happen to the NCAA. So, yeah, I'm pulling for Michigan in this one. I'm sorry, Doug. My intentions are pure. Win Absolutely. away Absolutely from a vacated no national title. Very. 
my intentions are pure here. I don't. I'm going to cheer for Michigan for pure reasons. I am actually a big fan of Michael Penix. So give me that as a legitimate reason to pick Washington in this one. Either way, a Big Ten team's raising the national championship banner next season. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I think I think Tug really uh, keyed on one of the things that I'm wanting to pay attention to in this game is Michigan covering um, – Washington's receivers, you know, they did they did a pretty good job against Alabama, but when your quarterback's Jalen Milrow and his only really elite weapon being Jermaine Burton, that's that's a different task than Michael Penix and and his receivers. At the end of the day, though, I think what Texas was not able to do, which was get pressure on him, is what Michigan, the best defensive line in the country, in my opinion, is going to be able to do. And they're going to be able to get enough pressure on Michael Penix to force some mistakes. Uh, for some throwaways and uh, end up being able to come away with this one. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but if they have to vacate it, that'd be kind of cool too. Uh, just If they win, it better come down that they have to vacate this or I'm going to be in hell for the next. Uh, I think if, uh, if Washington can set their belts to, uh, to Wumbo instead of Mini, um, yes. Then, uh, yes. They may have Wumbo, a not Mumbo. <laughs> Wumbo, Wombology. <laughs> second grade, SpongeBob. <laughs> well, the reason this one comes second, even though it was played the day before, because this is the actual Division One football championship recognized by the NCAA. The other one doesn't count at all. Doesn't matter. Who cares? This is the real one. <laughs> In Frisco, Texas, we're looking at. The Montana Grizzlies and the South Dakota State Jackrabbits uh, for hopefully obvious reasons. Almost everyone in the world is picking the Jackrabbits. What are you thinking, Bug? (laughs) (laughs) Is this an anti-meme pick? It's okay if it is. No. No. There's, There's legitimate and illegitimate reasons here. One, one of my coworkers going away. I'm going to be cheering for the Grizz as his going away present, number one. Number two, their assistant head coach, tight ends coach, and tackles coach. It's one person, Memphis alum, Memphis grad. Love it. Love to see it there. I've got the connection there. Number three, I have a lot of faith in this Montana defense. I have a lot of faith that they're going to be able to do the one thing that South Dakota State absolutely needs to have going on their offense, and that's Isaiah Davis. And number four, I think Montana's smart enough to utilize the middle of the field. Going back to this tight end coach, I trust him to have those tight ends ready to catch the ball over the middle and turn up field and run, where South Dakota State defense is the absolute weakest I think I've seen in a long time for such a good team, for such a good team. So I'm going with the group. I I agree that the defense is weak in the middle for SDSU. We saw that in person, right? I mean, it's hard to deny. What I'm, what I am going to argue is the fact that they need Isaiah Davis to be effective. They do have the Yankee brothers on the outside, and their passing game has been legitimately solid when Isaiah Davis has been off. So, yeah, one or the on. other, one or the other, they've been able to win every game. With just that, if both of them are on, they've it's been, not it's even been shut out. Yeah, sixty to nothing wins. So 
if they stop one of those, South Dakota State still has another way to win to me, which is it's kind of scary. That's 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 the level of the like uh I mean I can't even think of another example. There are there are not too many teams who have legitimately two ways to beat you by multiple scores. And South Dakota <laughs> State feels like one of those teams. So I we we say it every day, uh every every show that every football game comes down to the trenches, but this one more so. Uh this is very easily gonna come down to who wins on the offensive line and defensive line for both teams. Only one of these teams was up for the line of the year, both offensive and defensive. South Dakota State. Yes. They're far and away the the best best team in division one right now uh division one fcs that is montana's no, good i'll, I'll say division think, one <laughs> montana's good i just think the jacks are on a different level right now i don't follow fcs as as closely as i used to um that was one of the compromises i made in getting married and figured that uh staying married was more important than uh being a division one fcs sicko um so I don't have a lot of analysis on players and matchups like I did in the uh, in the uh, college football playoff national championship game. But uh, as a as a coach and as a as a, a student of just sports in general, when you're going to, when you're facing a dynasty like South Dakota State has been developing these last few years, um, you've got to have a special team that's going to be able to knock them off. And for Montana, I think that they're a great story and have a really phenomenal team, but they have not been here and done this quite yet. And South Dakota state has proved with these players as they've been growing up that they can, they can and have done it. And I think that's going to play in South Dakota state's favor, but I think Montana with what they are returning, um, can use this and maybe be able to uh, make a run at it next year. I I don't know what anybody thinks about like the Sagarin team ratings or whatever, but according to some ratings like that, South Coast State is probably the in the top five definitively of best FCS teams of all time this year, <laughs> according to those metrics. Uh, I think Sagarin had him at number three all time behind North Coast State a couple of years ago and uh, one of the JMU teams uh, several years ago. Uh, Montana SDSU, the defensive line I give to SDSU, yes. The offensive lines, though, are actually pretty darn similar. Um, like in terms of size, in terms of athleticism, in terms of Power. Both these teams on the offensive line are legitimately great. I don't know if the trenches are enough of a turning point in my mind to to make a decision on this game. I mean, it picks it, it. Yeah, I know. I know. I just I'm trying to justify. It comes down to SDSU has a couple of different ways to beat you, and I don't know that even Montana has that. So it's a. Uh, it's, I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, this is 
one of my most anticipated games of the entire bowl season. I'm excited for it. So I think uh, you guys on your last show uh, did point out one of South Dakota State's weaknesses, which is the Iowa touchdown. I think if uh, Montana can find a way to get two safeties and a field goal, they've got this one in the bag. That is very true. (laughs) I don't see that happening. But if it does, Montana wins, guaranteed. (laughs) It's wild. Oh, man. So we've been at this for an hour and a half. We talked about almost every single bowl game other than the first nine. So I guess not every single bowl game. That's cool. I uh, also preview the national championships. Thank you so much, Mr. Bolagami, for joining us. I appreciate Very you guys having discussion. me on. This was uh, something to look forward to all week, and I really enjoyed it. Hell yeah, man. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. I, I don't have anything else. Um, hand it over to you guys. Bug Tug, take How, us out of here. I don't want to talk anymore. You, you want the links first or you want a joke first? That joke is coming from Bug, but give us the links. You got to read out the Discord, though. I'm not, not reading your, out the Discord. Your new resolution is to read out the Discord. No. Yes. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, our links will be linked in the description below, uh, but I will read them out as always. We have our patreon.com slash BT football, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches, all one word. X.com slash BT football, Facebook.com slash BT football, Instagram.com slash BDT underscore football, BDT football.com, mailbox at BDT football.com, and then YouTube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches. Uh, much to uh, Ben's disappointment, I am still not reading the Discord. Uh, there's too many tumbled letters. I will link it in the description below. Boo. And Mr. Bolgami, you want to shout out where people can find you? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter. I refuse to call it X, uh, at OU underscore Scorigami, and uh, at Bolagami as well. Very nice. Very nice. What's the difference between black-eyed peas and chickpeas? Chickpeas are garbanzo beans. Oh, this is a joke. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was... uh... I was going to say domestic violence, but that's probably not the answer. That's not it either. Black Eyed Peas can sing us a song. Chickpeas can only hum us one. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is clearly all the time we have to show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win.